ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the next episode of Final Today's episode of Vinyl Stallions. We have, <laughs> we have a fantastic guest. We have Mr. Nick Chegan. Nick is a vocalist, keyboardist, and just lover of music. Um, fun fact Nick and I played in a band together in high school called Eyes on the City. Um, Nick was also in an acapella group when he went to Miami University called Open Fifth. And so we are just going to dive into all things Nick Chagan. Hey, how are we, how we living? We're living. Thanks again for uh, having me, boys. Um, I enjoyed our Abbey Road episode, and uh, I, I liked it so much that I wore the same shirt uh, for this one, too. <laughs> um i thought it went so well uh but we're doing well thanks so much for having me fellas and uh excited to bring a new perspective to the musical discography that is final stallions and talking about a genre i'm gonna guess you've talked about yet um because it's so weird and uh goofy and what many people immediately think of as the uh pitch perfect movies <laughs> um so excited to, to dive deeper into uh acapella has pitch perfect put acapella on the map more or has it damaged it more oh that's an excellent question it is definitely both uh probably probably more the former it's probably it's really made it made it uh, a much more known uh phenomenon and actually like the competition in pitch perfect movies like those are real competitions uh, my group actually participated in one uh, like the actual like singing and dancing thing, it's real. Uh, <laughs> but at the same time, it makes it look super nerdy, and it is nerdy. It is a bunch of like people in a room reading sheet music uh, to cover a song. But uh, I was I was so immersed in how um, production can turn vocal harmony into something that sounds. Like really, really cool, and, and not and not just like do wop a da bop a do wop a da bop. I'm singing Beach Boys, and I'm singing like you know the Temptations and stuff like that. So uh, yeah, two great bands though, definitely. <laughs> but okay, so another thing I noticed though, like in the Open Fifth album, at least the one that you're on, um, it almost sounds like there's like beatboxing too. Oh yeah. So, so every group ideally should uh, recruit a beatboxer, um, and I can play a couple tracks for you if you'd like off of one of the albums. I was on three albums during my time at Miami: uh, Top Shelf, Late Night, and our Christmas uh, EP, Snowed In. Um, okay. And all three have um, definitely have beatbox where appropriate, and the producer who, who we hired to help produce our last two rec- uh, albums. Um, really well known in the acapella space. The guy who helped master our albums, uh, Masters for Pentatonics. Uh, so they they know how to turn beatboxing into like a full drum kit, where it's almost like there's multiple tracks of the beatboxer like making up a bass 
noise and uh and a snare with his mouth like a like a an hi-hats and then they just do it a hundred times over until they can make this just like really crazy sounding uh drum loop okay yeah i didn't realize you were on two others i'm guessing so late night was the one that i knew about um yeah the christmas album i guess i should have just put that together based on the timing but what what was that third one uh top shelf it was okay. a it was an ep that came out in is 20, that, uh 14 is that like not on spotify it was um they may have taken it off yeah i only um, see another yeah. round and snowed in <laughs> must have not made the final cut uh, i don't <laughs> know i haven't been there for <laughs> seven years but uh looks like they took it off top shelf got canceled yeah sure did <laughs> we shouldn't have oh no i found i found it but they uh we can cut this part but they removed the um they removed ownership of it <laughs> so it's just out there oh. in the ether as a uh, various artist album which is interesting i uh, wonder if it's was... a copyright thing there's a chance um, i'm not quite sure uh we did pay for copyright privileges for every single song so i don't know if you know this when 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 you when you when you cover music and when you want to put it on a, a profit uh making platform you have to go find the music rights online and pay for a license for each song so you can legally make money off of off of the cover and and so that actually part of the royalties go to the original writers which is wild so the song that i uh that I solo on in late night, uh, I rap in Jay Z and Lincoln Park's mashup of Num Encore. Oh yeah, uh, and I, I take the uh, the Jay Z part. Um, <laughs> so it's cool to think that I'm giving money through my own musical work to uh, the members of Lincoln Park. <laughs> yeah, and Jay Z for every twentieth of a cent of a stream. You just yeah, bought Jay Z some new shoes, man. You're welcome, <laughs> welcome, Jay, Mister Mister Z. I, I is uh, so. Did you uh, do choir uh, like a lot in high school or anything along those lines? No. So it's actually really funny as to how I got into this. Uh, I had no vocal training whatsoever. I'd never been in a choir. I'd never been in like a like in like a real musical in high school or in grade school and i really never sang um it just so happened that like but like my closest friend was trying to start a cover band with a guy on our baseball team uh junior year of high school and i was like hey i can sing in the car sometimes i could pop by and so adam myself and a couple other guys are just playing in a garage doing really shitty green day covers uh like really bad and the first time i actually like tried to sing and uh this band ended up getting a lot better and we and we grew a ton from like those first couple days in like 2010 uh to like a 16 song album that we like self self-funded uh and and put together um and it was after that experience with eyes in the city that i was like i want to do this in college like the most fun i had in high school bar none was like that one year of like really being in a band like getting to play live and write songs being in a recording studio so i went to miami hoping to start a band 
And like, I went to like the Facebook group, you know, the class of 2016 as, as you would, uh, you went to OU, right? Spruce. Yep. Um, yeah. Or at OSU Adam and like, you're, you're like popping in like into like the, the Miami university class of 2016 mm-hmm. Facebook group. I'm like, who wants to start a band? I sing, I play some keys, um, and try to get some guys together. And, uh, and in order to like prepare for that, I'm like, maybe I should actually get good at singing. Um, so I thought about auditioning for the, uh, like the men's choir on campus. Um, what's called the, the, uh, the Miami Glee club. Um, and I, I auditioned for it. It didn't know how to read music and, and I got in, uh, and I quickly came across in, in this, in this choir, a acapella group, um, and what's crazy is like some of the guys who are in that group are like my best friends today. Uh, and I immediately like, wanted to be a part of that. I'm like, that's cool. Like I've never heard anything like this. It sounds wild. Like there's beatboxing and there's like all these, all these musical ranges represented in like this choral sound, but it's fun and it's poppy and choir didn't really resonate with me. I didn't like singing Latin or like, you know, Spanish or even like uh, Italian uh, music or even like Latvian, you could sing the most random languages, and I just didn't enjoy that. So when I came across like pop acapella in college, I was like, I got to be a part of that. So I kind of ditched the whole band thing, joined the acapella group, I made it, and learned just so much more about like reading sheet music and getting to know harmony, um, and understanding how like harmony could play into and does play into um, music with instruments. Right. Uh, as, as, as we talked about a lot on the, on the Abbey Road recording with harmonies, like you just notice that a lot more after doing something that is choral. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I remember, so I think it was your 21st, maybe it was your 22nd. It was one of your birthdays. I came down to Miami and you had like an open fifth practice. I remember just like, sitting in there observing and i was just like absolutely mind blown and just like how fucking good everyone was <laughs> like people just be like like talking and then like mid-sentence they're like singing half the sentence i'm like these people are awesome they just like love singing <laughs> what's so funny is like these are all like by every loose definition of the word bros like they weren't like just music geeks. They just, they liked to, they still like to go out and, and hang with, and hang with people and, and do oh, fun yeah. things. We partied our dicks off that weekend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that was a given. Um, but they just like enjoyed performing. And most of the guys who are in that group, uh, uh, like did like choir in high school or something. Um, and there are a couple who were in bands at some point. Uh, a lot of people who had just been involved in music and listened to it uh, and consume a ton of it. Um, but just like the coolest people who, who like many of them will be at my wedding uh, soon. Um, so super fun too, because as you go through, through four years, you know, the group changes and the dynamic changes and the voices change. So it's almost like if, if you're in a band and, you know, each year the guitarist is changing it up. It's just leaving and someone new comes in and they have a different sound, they have a different style. They bring a different tone to, to the group or a different drummer shows up. It's kind of like that, but every single year. So you really That's learn like how to Pearl jam for like, I want to say like the first four or five Pearl jam albums, they have a new drummer 
And on one of them, they literally fired a drummer halfway through recording an album. (laughs) (laughs) It probably totally changed the sound. Um, But in a, in a unique way, not necessarily a bad way. Yeah, no, that's nuts. Um, Okay. So have any of the dudes in open fifth, have any of them like gone on to have like a solo career or join any bands that you know of like since their time there? Yeah. You know, great, great question. Uh, There was like my, my first year, there was a group of four guys who after graduating auditioned to be performers on a, on a cruise ship and did that for like nine months. And they were like, entertainment on a cruise ship uh my my like my my best friend from from the group uh uh aiden he's actually in a uh cover band like they're 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 a wedding band in in san francisco and like they dominate like the market down there like they have weddings every single weekend throughout every summer uh and i try to try to turn it like into a franchise where like like the brand, the songs, the choreography can be replicated at every wedding and every performance. So he's still musically active. There's a couple of guys who try to spin off and do their own acapella thing. Um, there are a couple of guys where I'm like, you should have done something by now. I don't know why you haven't. <laughs> like, just like ridiculously raw talent uh, that like that you see like on The Voice or something. And I was never that that talented. But there are some guys where I'm like, you should fucking do something. Why are you working in insurance? Like. Or whatever. <laughs> like, try, try, try that. I don't know. No shade anyone who works in insurance. That's just a random profession. Yeah. Whatever, but. <laughs> yeah. Sorry if anyone out there works in insurance, but you I worked in insurance. <laughs> I worked in insurance in college for a minute. Uh, and, and nothing wrong with it. <laughs> Make a lot of money. Anyways. So Nick, what uh, are some artists that you just like in general? What is just some music you find yourself listening to? Yeah, um, I uh, so I, I mentioned on our Beatles al- album review that like the Beatles sort of changed the way that I approach music and the kind of art acts I listen to. Um, I'm like really honestly agnostic to to a lot of country, to a lot of rap, uh, to a lot of like EDM. Um, I very much stuck to a consistent blend of genres um, over the past 10 to 15 years. And that mainly comprises of like alternative indie rock, uh, surf rock, pop, indie pop, pop rock, like any kind of like blend of those genres. If you think of bands like um, bands like (laughs) I've heard this a couple of times on your show, the 1975 coin walk the moon uh like cage the elephant which is like a little bit different a little harder uh right like really anything kind of like in that in that range uh, up to like king gizzard and lizard wizard like just a whole modge podge of genres including thrash metal where so i I really kind of span span the spectrum but stay pretty core to like like alternative rock do you ever uh like are you fond of any specific like acapella groups in general? Like do you find yourself listening to that at all? <laughs> Not really. That, that, that's a really good question. Sometimes like when I hear a song from a band that I'm really into on that particular day, like I'll do a Spotify search and look up like like X song acapella and see if like a college group has covered it. Because the college acapella scene is massive. 
And there's a whole industry around it where like there's like there's award shows and competitions. Um, mm. So every single year, like a lot of top groups in the country will submit their newest album for like a, a, a big panel review uh, to be given like like, like the, the, this award. Um, it's kind of, it's kind of, kind, of, kind, of, kind of like the Grammys of acapella. Like, so every year, like Pentatonix, for instance, like they're the one that everyone hears about, right? Um, every single year, like they're submitting their records to this competition. Uh, so I'll like sometimes peek on, on that competition website and see what groups have submitted a new album lately and then go to the album and be like, is there any songs on this list that I like super dig? Um, hope that, hope that has actually been in, in part of that competition three times. There have been three songs nominated to uh, a couple different awards. And we lost Pentatonix. We lost Pentatonix uh, in 2016 for best holiday album, uh, uh. which is like one of our claim to fames. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I'll, but so I'll, I'll go there and be like, oh, like, what's Pentatonix singing these days? But it's not like an active like interest where I will, like go to an acapella show. My buddies and I have joked about like going to a college audition and like trying to get into a group again. <laughs> That'd be <laughs> like, pretty funny. What's up, Nick? I'm Nick. I'm a sophomore biology major, and this, <laughs> and, and this is and this is uh, and this is Gaia by King Gizzard. <laughs> yes. I, I am no one. I am everybody. Oh, that's actually, that's I actually am you. <laughs> that's Loki. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I am the. That's actually a great segue into like a, a interesting part about acapella is that a lot of artists or groups they'll take a song and totally redo it, like the entire structure, the time signature, the the key like they'll they'll put it in a totally different perspective um to to give it this whole new sound um where like you're like that song is not what i expected to sound like but acapella can do that because again you kind of have that flexibility right you're not working with like well, you, you typically uh acapella groups will hire somebody or someone within the group to arrange a song um mm -hmm. and that can take any certain form it can have like the same structure the same time signature the same key as like the original and sounds really similar or can go like in a completely different direction so like my point is that'd be fucking sick if an acapella group did gaia and just did this like multi-pronged harmony like where it became more of a like anthem <laughs> like choral just banger instead of like what it <laughs> what we think of it as like yeah dude i mean you can get just people in the back. Ha, 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 ha. Yeah, like doing the guitar, but with their voices. Yeah, that'd be wild. That, yeah, that would be. Nick, uh, did you have some stuff uh, you wanted to share with our stampede out there? Yeah, for sure. So I, I just wanted to like, the reason why I want to play a couple of tunes for you, or there's a couple of parts from some tunes is because a lot of people sometimes think of acapella as this just like really like all white dude like just snapping and like singing do do bops and like it, it sometimes can be a lot more complex than that and this is where like music like recording makes the experience so much more fun than performing live sometimes because like when when you record you have these producers who know how to modify the sound to make it sound super full super super energetic and not just like do wop and, and people in groups do like really cool covers of songs uh, I'll I'll play a, a tidbit from like a T Pain song that was on this album, uh, Late Night, and I'll I'll do one more bounce 
uh, to a song to show you kind of how production can really uh, geek out. So I'll, I'll let it run for a bit and you, you can just cut it and post um, if you'd like. Okay. Tell me what you know about love. Tell okay. me what you know about love. Tell me what you know about love. Let me show you. Yeah, like it the production's having the voices like echo a little bit. Like what you about love, love, love. you heard that time <laughs> yeah yeah wait and, and you said that's a t-pain song uh so the first part um is is a, is a segment from some other song i honestly don't remember, remember who it is by uh but we, we thought about putting that song on the album and it was in the same key as up down so we had it we had the, the guy arranging it just mesh it into one uh so like that's what i mean like there are some times where like you can just do whatever the hell you want um like that, like, you know, there are many, many medleys in acapella. So because the, there's that flexibility to do that. Okay, yeah, no, that's awesome. And that, yeah, dude, that guy, like, what would you call it? Soloing the the guy who's singing the verses. Like, what a voice is that? Ian Healy? No, that's uh, Andrew Lombardi, who you've met. Uh, yeah, I remember <laughs> that kid. Um. Yeah, super talented, uh, super talented singer, and um, it's fun too because we didn't really give a shit and like we're swearing and using like the original versions of songs, and then like the university's paying for it. Um, <laughs> uh, and you'll hear that in Mike solo as well if you ever want to play it. Uh, <laughs> but um, the la- so I mean, just just, just I wanted to point out there, like like when you listen to the production, you listen to the bass, and you listen to the drums. Like it, it sounds like it sounds like 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 drums sometimes, or right? it sounds like 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 a synth or a drum pad, um, which is kind of like an unfair advantage <laughs> that a lot of choreographers will take advantage of, where it's not just like a or like a like it's very much produced and auto tuned uh, or or modified to to sound more like an actual drum kit, um, but can really do fun things with it. So last thing I always want to play for you is like this breakdown of a song by the cab with a, uh, with a mix in of a Rihanna song um, that has like, like a, 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 a truly wild bridge um, that almost doesn't sound like it could be acapella because it's just so produced. 
but this song was nominated or actually it was put on 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 an, on an album of the, of the year in 2016 um which is really really cool um this features a- a- aiden the singer i mentioned who uh leads that top-notch wedding band in san francisco yeah. what what's their band called the fresh makers okay um yeah, if I if, if if I wasn't having him be a groomsman, then we'd probably hire his band to perform at our wedding. But uh, I'll, I'll I'll tune this up for y'all and just let me know what you think. These are the lies. 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 Oh hell yeah. Cause the truth is I'm about to lose it. I think I can do this if I'm not with you. Cause the truth is I'm about to lose it. I think I can do this if I'm not with you. Yeah, that's wild. So, okay, is like the very, very backing beat, is that All the Lights by Kanye? Um, No. Like what it, the drum is kind of doing? It, it sounds like it. There may be, there may be an intention of, of the producer uh, on this, on this track. Um, it was, it's, it's, this is the uh, um, love, love the way you lie, Rihanna and Eminem mashed yeah. with with these are the lies by the cab uh, okay like a really like random band that i think may have broken up um <laughs> but like th- this producer would do this thing a lot where he would take motifs or just lyrics from like the song we want to sing and then find some other song and then just mash them in so we have like these are the lies mashed up with um love the way you lie uh the song up here, Waves, we had mashed up with Maps by Brune 5 randomly. Uh, we put in, um, I think, a couple others throughout the album. Oh, there's a, um, this is a Christina Aguilera cover, Beautiful. <laughs> and in there, we have a, a piece of, uh, of you're beautiful. Uh, <laughs> James Blunt. <laughs> James Blunt. Yeah. Uh, so we, we had, we had that kind of like consistent, uh, production throughout the album. But no, in this particular track, like, uh, it's super like overdone to where it almost sounds like dubstep. Uh, and, and there are some groups that do this super well and some producers that can do this really well to make it like a lot more fun again than just like doo-wop. So I thought that'd be interesting for your audience to hear. Yeah, it was. I appreciate you diving in. This was a very uh, yeah unique thing. We don't usually do on our times, but it was very, I don't know, helpful on my end to just hear the production side of it and kind of where the thought was, where the head was. And then, Again, I'm I just can't believe it's a cappella at so many different points throughout this whole album. Uh, it's so well done, and honestly, I gotta just dive in a little bit more. So you're saying 
just albums on albums being produced by uh, just college groups out there and it's funded by the universities like damn does it get much better <laughs> yeah i actually th i actually think it was because of us that like they stopped funding acapella recordings <laughs> <laughs> like we we kind of figured out that we could do this and because the student government at least at miami university and i know at a lot of other schools like they finance student projects and but like we also happen to find like one of the most expensive producers i mentioned the guy who produced <laughs> pentatonics this is a fifteen fifteen thousand dollar production uh which like Damn. isn't isn't that much for you know big groups but like eyes in the city our album was like three thousand dollars on the high end so Damn. so yeah like we're, we're using student student funding to pay for it and uh it, it made a good brand of miami like our names are next to university of michigan and dartmouth and harvard like these elite schools that produce elite talent um so i consider it a, a fair fair roi for the university so you're welcome yes <laughs> forever engraved as well yeah Damn. and actually one of one of my best friends from from high school uh she ended up joining a acapella group at ou um and we, we we and i think my group's uh open fifth is still friends with friends with their groups to this day so it's a fun community of nerds who like 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 to sing like to harmonize but also like like to party. yeah yeah what's interesting is so I ran that whole album, I want to say, like, yesterday or two days ago. And, like, you know how you finish it. And then Spotify will play something that's, like, it deems as similar. I got, like, bluegrass after. <laughs> so I was, like, very fascinated at how, like, Spotify and their algorithms determine that acapella and bluegrass are, like, similar. <laughs> That's geeky. I, I have no idea why that would be. <laughs> if you go to a uh, like Open Fits fans also like section, it's just a bunch of other acapella groups um, <laughs> from around the country. <laughs> and I'm looking for like a bluegrass artist, um, but nonetheless, like that is that, that's fun. <laughs> yeah, I that's wonder. Rad. I wonder if I can spot any. Is Pentatonix from Cleveland? I don't know why I always heard their name growing up. They are from Texas. Okay. Well, then Cleveland fucking loved them because <laughs> I just remember hearing their name all the time around here and them like grade school and stuff. But yeah, man, it's a unique genre. Again, it can get that general stereotype over it because certain bands like I said the beach boys and stuff have put it on a map in a sense but it's way more intricate and way more uh i don't know there's thought with every single noise that you hear i guess just like every album but the fact that it's only coming out of really one area and it's out of your mouth <laughs> then <laughs> makes it unique as shit so uh yeah no i appreciate you diving into that it's like i don't know a world i'm blind to yeah just just start searching uh top college fellow groups go on spotify all these albums are on there uh a lot of your top 40s but a lot of, a lot of deep cuts that that you'd be like oh i know that song from this random album in 2011 uh yeah. like i remember like well the last thing i'll say like adam i mentioned i remember listening to y'all's episode on uh top songs or i think it's top songs of 2022 
um our top albums and uh you gave you gave a dr dog shout out and i was like oh yeah heck yeah like that's a it's a indie folk like just well-known group and i remember hearing a deep a, a dr dog song on an acapella album from like some random college group and i was like that was lit like that was super tight and uh because the kid it's the kids coming into the room they're like hey i listened to this song like we should consider singing it and then they'll like arrange it and maybe record it. Um, so you might find some deep cuts uh, on the Spotify search. That's an acapella version. Yeah. Yeah. So that, I think that was top albums of 2016. Yes. But yeah. That's right. Yeah. That was Abandoned Mansion, the album, which, yeah, it was like kind of, kind of like folky. Yeah. They're, they're like, I don't know, psychedelic indie folk. They're a very interesting band. Oh, yeah. Kind of, kind of like Fleet Foxes or a group like that. It's a little out there. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So let, let's talk. Let's talk live music for a little bit. You got any interesting concerts that you're going to this upcoming year? Yeah. Yeah. I uh, I've been to a few fun ones over the past couple of months. Like all. So full disclosure, I spend probably way too much of my disposable income on concerts. It's oh, like, you came to the right place. Oh, uh, I know I did. <laughs> I for sure know I did. Uh, so, like, I in the past few months, I, I saw the 1975 on there, being funny in a foreign language tour. Uh, I just got. We just finished a. We finished. A, we we were at a concert last week at the Salt Shed, a band called Goth Babe. It's like <laughs> kind of like indie pop, indie rock. Um, super fun. I'm seeing a. We're seeing a uh, alternative like indie-ish group called Valley. Next Wednesday, House of Blues. It's it's kind of like uh, kind of like Coin or kind of like uh, Goth Babe. Um, <laughs> and then we got a couple of fun, fun, very different ones. Uh, Sunday, June fourth, my fiance is a massive Swifty. Uh, we're gonna be on the floor uh, in Soldier Field for Taylor Swift, um, which should actually be like mega epic. I'm like super stoked for it. <laughs> I'm That's not a, wild. I'm not How- a big. Go ahead. Sorry. I, all I was going to say is I'll be at the one the next weekend in Detroit and I'm not a Swifty either. Neither is like my wife, Gabrielle, really. It's so her, one of her good friends is, and like Gabrielle likes it enough where she was like, yeah, I'll go. And then I was just the plug that landed them the tickets. And I was like, well, this is like a massive cultural event, honestly, at this point. So I'm just going to go for that. I'm going to be wearing like either a Dave or a fish shirt and just like be hanging out with all the Swifties. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Soldier field. That's, that's, that's crazy. And yeah, we're not like on the floor or anything. We're in the lower bowl, but we're not like on the field. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Sorry for that sidebar. What else, what else you got? No, no. Yeah. It's going to be absolutely epic. Uh, it, it, so um one week after that is i i am the one i am the truth yeah it's gonna be rocking king gizzard and lizard wizard uh tuesday june 13th at the salt shed uh night three of their three night escapade in chicago um i've just been blasting giz the past two weeks and it's so hard to like feel like you know their discography <laughs> oh you, you have impossible. no idea what you're gonna get <laughs> i don't 
I keep looking at set lists from previous shows and I'm seeing like a song from freaking micrototal banana, <laughs> one song from like 12 bars, like one, two songs from fishing for fishies. And I'm like, I have no idea what's going to happen, but I know it's going to be sweet. Yeah. Yeah. They're, oh man, they're so good. <laughs> I'll never forget listening to Fishing for Fishies at Club's Batch Party together. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> this very copy right here. Hell yeah. Fishing for Yeah. Fishies. Well, yeah, because we had like like we looked around and we we're just like, wait, we all like giz. This is going on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a great one, man. Hell yeah. Uh, I'll, 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 cl- I'll, I'll close up with three more things that I'm doing. I think Adam's gonna be at one of these. I got three festivals this summer. I know, I know that Spruce, you're you're a Rue guy. Uh, I got I got two days of ruin me Saturday and Sunday. Um, oh, those are some killer lineups this year as well. Sun, Sunday's the Foo Fighters day, isn't it? Sure is. And then who who's the Saturday? Uh, Odessa. Okay, um, is Tool there this year? They're not. I think it was last year. Is that last year? Okay. Who who else is there? Because I know isn't Kendrick Lamar there? Kendrick Lamar. Uh, I'm gonna name bands probably that I like more than the really well-known ones. Like like Hippocampus is there this year, and yeah. uh, Paramore will be there. Rainbow Kitten Surprise, um, uh, the band Camino, super awesome, like heavy alternative rock band. I'd say Wolfpack. Oh, you guys are Corey Wong fans. Yeah, uh, Vol- yeah. Wolfpack would be crazy to see live. Uh, Corey Wong's doing a super jam. That's gonna be a damn. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, you like, yeah. That's like, honestly, that will probably be like just as good as some of the headlining bands. <laughs> oh, Adam, Humphrey McGee's is on Sunday. I gotta go see that for you. I've oh, never seen him live, dude. I'm telling you, you will get your fucking mind blown. Humphrey's <laughs> is nuts. Just be on like, is when you say stage left, does that mean from the audience's point of view? No. Okay. So Same. that's like from the performer's point of view. Yes. Okay. So then you want to get on stage right. You will be like in front of like one of the best drummers and one of the best guitarists in the game. I'm in. Don't have to convince me. Uh so there's that. There's a uh there's pitchfork for a day at festival in Chicago to see Bon Iver, big Bon Iver fan. Uh and then day three of Lollapalooza. My bachelor party, Adam will be there, uh, kicking it to the peppers, chili socks and all. <laughs> yeah, that's gonna be crazy. So yeah, yeah, Spruce and I went to the show in Detroit last what was that August with with Chris McDowell actually. Um, yeah, that was absolutely insane. Because yeah, we saw them at Lollapalooza in 2012, but there was no John. Yeah, and so what? What'll be like way different is we're not going to get any of those "I'm with you" songs. Like I want to say we got like five or six songs off that album. I mean, it was the "I'm with you" tour, but they didn't play anything that wasn't on a Frusciante album, for better or for worse. Because I don't know, man. I really like the One Hot Minute album. Sometimes I wish they would bust out like my friends or aeroplane or this is all i got for you
Oh, it's not coming through. Uh, <laughs> I heard like the first two notes. I got Rain Dance <laughs> Maggie. <laughs> oh. I'm with you, but we're not going to hear any of that for sure. Yeah, no, Rain Dance Maggie's a great one. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, we, we got some deep cuts. Like, we got I Like Dirt. We got Nobody Weird But Me. Like I, I like that. Yeah. Good stuff. Well, I know you guys want to get some, some food in you soon. No, well, see, we can't go anywhere until we ask yeah. our encore of a question, which we've asked every single guest, and we'll stay on brand here with the concerts, but Clap, I'll let you take it away. All right, so the question is, what is your most memorable concert experience, either as a performer, attendee, and memorable can be anything like good, bad, weird, oh. heartfelt. And if you got like a few, you know, you throw throw. It's basically story time. So I got my answer for attending. When you said performing, then I'm like, whoa, that's a whole nother ball game. Yeah, performed many many times, uh, and that's a whole different feeling than it is to be at a concert. So I'll I'll go I'll go with the former, which is attending, and I'll stay on brand. Uh, as I have during our album review, uh, ten years ago, almost almost to the to the month, um, my first Bonnaroo, twenty thirteen. Um, me and one of Adam and I's uh, old bandmates, Jeff. Um, we were nineteen years old, uh, going to just an absolute crazy environment, uh, and Paul McCartney was headlining. Um. And and I don't know if you know this about Bonnaroo, but uh, at this festival, you don't just have like a it's not, it's not just like an open field at the headliner stage. Um, they have like a like a bowl, which is like a pit, but it's like fenced off. And the way it works to get into the pit is you got to wait in this line off the side. Um, and at any at any point, you can you can go into the pit before a performance happens. Then once performance is over, you got to leave and you're out of the pit. So in order to be front row for Paul McCartney, uh, 2013, we had to wait there for like 12 hours. Uh, and we did. So like it's nine, nine, 10 AM in the morning on Friday. And, uh, like we're waiting at this like gate for them to open it up to the, to the, to center route, like to the main field or to, to the what stage, the main stage. And, uh, when they do, it's like a stampede of people sprinting <laughs> like a half mile to get a spot uh, in this like uh, in this line for the for the pit um, in, in, in the process of that, like one person got trampled. Jeff like stayed behind to take care of them. And I was like, I'll come back for you uh, <laughs> to, to block up a spot. I'm carrying like a massive backpack that has like sandwiches and like a bunch of drinks at the time back when you could bring stuff into a festival uh not gonna you know not gonna take in so i have like an 80 pound backpack on then we sat there for like 12 hours we missed like an insane amount of good music uh that day i think like, on our stage alone we can you can't see it from where you're sitting we missed like passion pit and trombone shorty and local natives and uh, i think wilco or someone performed before them Damn. uh or before palm carney so it was finally time to go and and um then there, there's the bum rush up the pit and same thing happened. Someone got trampled. Jeff got, you know, I'll come back for you. And I locked, 
back to the spot in the front row. And uh, that was just like epic for many reasons, of course, uh, you know, seeing a beetle in the front row at a massive festival with 200,000 people. Uh, but it just being like my, my favorite band and getting to see uh, Paul uh, that close up was like just mind blowing. And I, I'm guessing, did he play like a solid mix of just like his solo stuff and Beatles stuff? His setlist has been really consistent throughout throughout the past decade and a half, probably. Um, if you look at any setlist, you'll see a you'll see a lot of the same stuff, which is like seventy percent Beatles, twenty percent twenty percent Wings, ten percent like new stuff. Okay, like, like maybe two songs that he just released in the last like two years. But you get every Beatles hit. Um, uh, I saw him again in 2018 uh, at Austin City Limits, different festival. Um, and he closed that set with uh, with Golden Slumbers, Care That Weight in the End, which wow. was like rocking. It was absolutely wild. Um, That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. And I, I think he does that all, 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 all the time now. So uh, a 80-year-old... 80 you know, time's running out. Tour has to be coming soon, and we'll be there. That's amazing. Yeah. I, yeah, that's a bucket list I have to see. You are also not the only person to throw a Paul McCartney into their most memorable here on Vinyl Stallions. Yeah, so, that's right, Josh Mounts. Yeah, so clearly, uh, I guess that guy has made a mark in music. Like <laughs> Great question. But, I want to hear your guys' answers to that, but if you don't have time, that's okay. No, no, I, I feel like so we've actually had this question turn on us a few times. I feel like I've given a different answer every time. Yeah, I honestly, yeah. I mean, you guys can answer and I can let this thing roll, but I have food at the door that's just been waiting there. So I'm going to go grab that. <laughs> okay. Yeah, dude, go for it. Um, No, I would say so. Dude, the, the whole cage, the elephant thing. Oh, you said that? <laughs> you said that answer before? I don't know if I have. I'm using that right here, right now. Hell yeah, dude! I always, <laughs> I always think about that show, dude. Because like, that I, was I crazy. Always think about that show. In hindsight, so brain dead, but I just didn't know what was gonna happen. Like, and then this guy just like, "Hey, you want to crowd surf?" And I'm just like, "Yep." I feel yeah, like yeah. I've definitely told this story on on here at some point. But yeah, if, get crowd surf to the. If front. you haven't, if you haven't, I'd love to tell it real quick. Okay, yeah, let's let's get from your point of view. The year is 2011, and this is when festivals were, like, in my opinion, super amazing because they had so many rock groups, and it wasn't, like, the top 40, top 20, like, random arbitrary rapper at the at a headliner slot. We got Muse, we got Coldplay, we had Eminem. Um, side note, that is why I haven't been to many festivals in a while. You got Arctic Monkeys, you got... Uh, yeah, we mentioned Foo Fighters. Um, yep. I mean, the next Black year, Sabbath. The next year, we saw Black, Black Sabbath. Yeah, it was Chili it, Peps. It's wild. Uh, so, 2011, Adam and I are 18, uh, or about to turn 18. Um, some are going to our senior year of high school. Hey, wait, a, I was only 17. I was it, like, I was yeah. like eight months away from 18. Yeah, I was a month away from 18. Um, Bottom line, very young uh, and going into just to like a whole new world that I don't yeah. think we were, we were fully prepared for. And this new band had just released their first album uh, and they're called Cage the Elephant. Um, 
they're for performing at the PlayStation stage, which is like this like smaller all cement stage across from the the entrance of Grand Park where a headliner will perform. Yeah. They're not in a headliner slot. They're performing at like 4 p.m. Uh, later that night, Adam and I got to see Arctic Monkeys. Uh, um, and following that would be Foo Fighters. And this is before smartphones. This is before um, like find my find my phone location services. I had a Sprint slide. Like it was like an orange phone, right? Like the ones that slid and you had the QWERTY keyboard. It yep. used to be similar. And they, uh, yeah, they, I had a flip phone. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> yeah. So suffice to say, if we got lost, we wouldn't really know what to do, and we weren't smart then, so we didn't make a plan in case we got lost. So we thought we'd be together the whole time. Yep. And as as Adam alluded to, we're seeing Red Cage the Elephant. We're getting in the thick of it, like in into this in deep in, and it is wild. It is electric performance, like off their first album. So it's just heavy rock. It is like so good. And some like massive, like six foot five dude. I think though their second album, they were playing some songs off of it, weren't they? Like I feel like we got the song Aberdeen played. Oh yeah, you're absolutely right. We got uh yeah we got Aberdeen and I think Birthday uh is a song or 2024 is a song off of Thank You Birthday. I think that's what it's called. Yeah yeah, Thank You Happy Birthday. Yeah, happy Birthday. Um yeah, you're absolutely right. Uh, because I just heard them for the first time, junior of high school, when they released their self-titled debut album. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the six point five guy is massive and is like, if you don't know this at a music festival, to like get out of the pit, you want to get crowd surfed uh, often because it's the easiest way to like just get out of there and and it's kind of fun. Uh, or you could like go through the crowd behind you and like scooch your way and sardine your way out of the crowd. So a lot of people like to get crowd surfed. I didn't know this. I don't know if Adam knew this, but this guy goes. Hey man, you want to crowd surf? And I remember Adam going, sure. <laughs> and it's oh, I didn't mention that it's like pouring rain. So it's just like this intense show. Uh Matt Schultz has like crowd surfed and we, we like we touched his leg and everything. And yeah, it was absolutely wild. And uh so Adam joins that and crowd surfs and he has a shirt off and he's like throwing it around like this. <laughs> and I'm like, ah, oh, no big deal. Like, we'll figure it out. My phone dies and had, had no service, of course, either. I don't know. Yeah, if it didn't was... matter because, uh, like, I tried calling and you you couldn't get any call to go through because the towers were overloaded because of Lollapalooza. It was impossible, uh, and we didn't set a meeting point. So, kids, if you ever think you're separated, set a meeting point. Uh, we did not. So I'm like, maybe I'll find him somehow. I know he's going to Arctic Monkeys next, so I'll head over there. Nope. Didn't see him there, of course. <laughs> it's a massive field. There's like 40,000 people there. Um, so I saw Arctic Monkeys alone. Adam saw Arctic Monkeys alone. And then we both saw the Foo Fighters alone. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, I know we both had a, a great time individually. I was having a blast with like random people around me. Yeah. Um, you make friends sometimes at these at these things. Absolutely. Course, the, the close of the story, I know that the concert, we can get to that. But the close of the story was we're staying at my dad's apartment my dad's condo and I, I don't have my phone working. I, I don't know if Adams is. So I, I, I have to walk home and I walk <laughs> to, to, to West loop in Chicago, which is like a 45 minute walk. And with one Fighters, sandal, with one sandal, because at Foo Fighters, it's pouring down rain and I'm, we don't know how to dress for, for festivals. <laughs> so I'm wearing like 
old navy two dollar flip flops that are so destructible and one just gets sunk into like a puddle of like wetness i'm wearing white shorts also so also the thing not to do at a festival because mud splashes it was a disaster so i'm like walking home looking homeless <laughs> like one shoe muddy like wet and i and i walk into the apartment and finally after a long walk and adam is there and uh, that's how we conclude La La 2011 yeah, yeah, I I had like no idea what to do. Didn't know where I was or anything. I remember, so dude, I called your dad, and like could not describe to him where I was at. <laughs> like I, I, he he was like freaking out too. He's like, "Where's Nick? Like, I, like what what the hell happened?" I'm like, "I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I'm 17. Don't get mad at me. Just come pick me up, please. I'm scared and alone." Yeah, that Damn. concert, I think about it a lot because uh, I think about some of the best concerts I've been to in my life. And um, there have been many, like I've been to many dang concerts where I'm like in a pit or like feet from the artist um, or where the performance is just so memorable that I'm like, that will stick in my brain forever. And the Cage Elephant performance is one of those where like you see a band just rocking and it's pouring rain and they don't care. And it like almost makes it better. Like it just makes them like, like super saiyan mode right yeah um, so that's a great answer but i i know you've been to like a thousand other concerts so i'd be interested to hear some of the time the other ones yeah i don't know that one's definitely like one of my top memorable concert experiences though like because yeah just the newness of it like like navigating a a music festival for the first time like not really having any clue what we're doing and then just like what all transpired totally showing our novice uh experience to music yeah. festivals and the concerts in general <laughs> yeah and i mean even that friday like we got like i feel like we got shell shocked at Coldplay because number one the people right in front of us were laying out on a blanket like smoking weed like a lot of it and like you know, we we still had our innocence then, and we're like, "What are they really just gonna do this right here?" Yeah, <laughs> yeah. my back hurt. I remember hurting so bad because I had to like sit down for like half the show, or what it felt like half was half the show. Like that day, we got Rick rolled at some EDM to Skrillex, <laughs> and we're seventeen, and it is like a dangerous environment to be at. And I'm like, "What is happening? I don't know if I want to be here," but. uh it's fun because I've been to like 15 festival, I think. Uh, and that was the first one. Um, yeah. Yeah. So going to Lollapalooza 2023 for one day this summer to make it the sixth time I've been to Lala. Hell yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. Let's do it. Chicago. It's got to be, got to be one of the easier ones to make. Oh, yeah. And we'll have, we'll have Jeff there too. So we'll, 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 it'll be the 10 year reunion of our Lala experience. Hell yeah. That'd be fun. Absolutely. Yep. Yep. All right. So you guys heard it here. Mr. Nick Chagan, acapella extraordinaire, vocalist, oh. keyboardist. Um, yeah. Thank you. I'm, I'm Clap. And I'm Spruce. And this has been another episode of Vinyl, 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 vinyl,
Uh-huh. <laughs>